three. to introduce Behind the Lens. Welcome back. Rocking in the month of May with Movies and Music and, of course, L.A. River Music, who are here live and in person. And we're going to have two more of them calling in on the phone. At least one of them is calling in on the phone in in about 10, 12 minutes. But right now, welcome to Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Lynn Elias, film critic, MovieSharkToBlur.com. You can find me here every Monday at 11 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m., uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't just don't mind me today. I'm, I'm coming off of TCM Film Festival that was an absolute success, and hey, I got to pet Lassie and take Lassie's picture. You can't do better than Lassie. So um, I'm still a little jet lagged, movie lagged after the weekend, but uh, I think the boys in house today are gonna are gonna resolve that issue very quickly and pick it up for me. So without any further ado. Hello, welcome, L.A. River. Hello, hey, good morning. Thanks Hello. for having us. Oh, I'm thrilled. I only I only sent extended an invite. How long ago, Adam? It's been a few months. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got our act together at the right time, and it uh, it all came together, and we're so happy to be here. Oh, I'm thrilled yeah. to have you here. So now everybody can find out who who you lovely people are. You know, go around with your names so they can hear you. I'm Nicholas Crawl. I play uh, fiddle and mandolin. Do some of the some lead singing, a lot of harmonies in the group. Mm-hmm. My name is Marcus Pierce. I play rhythm guitar and lead guitar and lead and background vocals. And I'm Adam Lieberthal, and I'm the keyboard player with a, a very talented young drummer at home. Yes, he's growing up rather nicely. 
so that, you know, we can bust on on your drummer and percussionist, (laughs) Charles Lippman, when he calls in in a few minutes, because I think Charles is going to be out of a job. Yeah. Oliver is on his tail. Yeah, that's that's just it. And I guess James is going to be joining us also. He's going to call in, too. Correct. So we'll have the whole lot of you. Well, before they call in, you know, movies and music go hand in hand, which is why, even though Adam was like, I don't know how much, how this will fit. But, you know, it's like yesterday at TCM Film Festival, Michael Giacchino, Oscar-winning composer, was there talking about the whole idea of composing music, writing music for emotion, to find the right emotional beats. And that's something that you guys even self-described, thought-provoking lyrics, tight musical jams, and ethereal harmonies. And all of that just, it works when you're talking individual songs, it works when you're talking, you know, scoring. It's just all one big artsy family. So what is it about music that spe- that speaks to each of you that has you, you know, coming together at this stage of the game in your lives with L.A. River and L.A. River Music? Well, all of us have been in music in some way, shape, or form since we were children. And we obviously are not children anymore. Um, music has always been just the the major component of my life. Um, I started playing guitar when I was six and my parents got me into opera. They got me into um, bluegrass, country, rock, just all kinds of music going on in our house. So I always grew up with um, a lot of a lot of really emotional music and that kind of led into my style of songwriting. And that um, all of the songs that I write have some aspect of my life in them or some, some experience that I've had. And when we think about putting that together with film, just the emotions that we try to – the dynamics and the music – uh, just separate from from the lyrics, and then putting those dynamics together with emotive lyrics, our songs are almost like a film in themselves. Mm-hmm. And we have had some people that have noticed that that we have uh, had a couple of songs that have been in some small independent uh, films that have done several done well at several film festivals. Mm-hmm. No major releases yet, so no mailbox money coming in, but. <laughs> Hopefully uh, that can change over the course of time, but but we do we've always felt that our our music is emotive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does tell a story, and if if someone can find a way to fit our story into their story, then so much the better. So you know, for all of you filmmakers out there listening, and I know there are many of you across the country, and yes, a few of you over in Italy and Russia right now listening. Um, when you're looking for music, you can't afford. The high-priced bands out there, like the Rolling Stones or something, Little River Music is one of your solutions. L.A. River. L.A. Now, see what you did? See what you did to me, Marcus. It is a Little River. Marcus, we were just just doing this before we went live, and Marcus was saying, we were talking about L.A. River, L.A. River Music versus L.A. River Band. And Marcus brought up the point of Little River Band. And I'm like, yeah, nobody, unless they're old like me, will remember Little River Band. So you put that in my head. So this is your fault. I apologize. So now, how did you, what is is it about music that drives you, speaks to you, Um, and has you in this band? I I, I was, my mom used to say that I was, I started singing when I was knee-hydro grasshopper, as my grandpa used to say. Uh, I think I'm the only degreed musician in the group. Um, but Oh, do you? Uh, no, I see, I see we've learned about each other more. Um, Excuse me? You are a degreed we, musician, well, Adam? Two music degrees and one rock band. That's, that's, now, wait a we minute. We can't let that get out. That's three. Mine's not in music. It's in music <laughs> business. But that is three music degrees we're talking about here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Um, music has never been optional for me. And I play a lot of stuff, and I've played everything from Renaissance to rock and roll, opera. My folks used to go to a show every weekend or, like, maybe once a month. It was either a concert, 
Peter, Paul, and Mary or Simon and Garfunkel, or it was a Broadway show, Camelot. Whatever it was they saw, they would always buy the album, bring it home, and play it on Sundays when we were having our Sunday brunch. And I learned to sing and do... I would sing Streisand. I would sing Barry Manilow. I would sing Dylan. And I learned all these styles and all these voices. And at some point, my older sister said, but you don't want to be one of them. You want to do their stuff and do it your way. And then I started getting unique. But it's just, it's always been uh, cheaper than therapy. Well, I'm sorry. Anybody that, that grew up listening to Barry Be Still My Heart Manilow is okay by me. <laughs> I mean, that that's a running joke with the Culver City Police Department now because I had a car broken into years ago. And all kinds of stuff was taken in the car. And all I cared about was... Oh my God! They left my Barry Manilow CDs, and the Culver City Police just burst into hysterics. It's like, see, even they didn't want Barry Manilow. Hey, great writer, great musician, great arranger, incredible performer. Very much so. Now, what about for you, other music degree person here? Yeah, I don't know. My music has always been uh, been with me. I've been doing it for a very young age. Of course, I went through, like we just discussed, all, all the way through. Uh, the end of the education process in it. And, uh, it's, I think I was kind of born with this, uh, that, that, uh, affliction sort of, that sort of thing that you can't explain. I don't know where it comes from because I don't really have any family in music or in the business. And I had to figure that out, uh, throughout time. And I'm just fortunate enough to have met these guys and the rest of our band has really been a wonderful thing. And we're all on a great journey together. Well, and speaking of the rest of the band, we have two more people on the line, don't we? Is Charles there? <laughs> yes, I am. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. And is James there also? Hello. Yes, Hello. I am. Hello. So hey we got all the boys. We had to split them up for you guys. So because we only have, you know, mics and setups here to like accommodate three. So three guests, unless I leave and then four of you could have been here. So that might work. too. That wouldn't have been much of an interview. Oh, come on. We don't really do interviews here. We just have fun. So, you know, I'm talking to the boys, and they're all talking about how they got into music and the love of music and, you know, what what keeps you guys, keeps them going at this stage of the game with uh, L.A. River. So each of you, I'm going to make you go first, Charles. What is it? What, oh, man. Hey, you're not here in person, so... You got to sleep in, buddy. You better talk. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually, uh, how long have I been with the band, Mark? You have been with the band. Kevin and I first got together in 2009. You have been with us since 2009 and a half, I believe. Nine and a half. Wow. That is a long time. Uh, I've been uh, obviously interested in music uh, all of my life. Um, playing drums since I was a kid. Um, on and off, but uh, obviously more seriously with this band. Uh, Kevin is actually the one who brought me in, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, these guys are so talented, and uh, I'm fortunate to be able to play with them. So that's kind of my my backstory. And he's bought three drum sets since he's been our drummer. <laughs> yes, I have three drum sets. Well, you know, I, and I know that you're that you're also acting, but you know, you're not acting in that many films that make make you that kind of money to buy all these drum sets, Charles. No, that's true. No, that's uh, that's out of my own pocket. Oh my god! Yeah. So if anybody uh, anyone wants to hire me for an acting gig, more than happy. Nick uh, Nick is an actor too. Is he on with? Is yeah. he in the yeah. studio? Yeah, yeah, he's here. Yeah. I've actually done a lot of gigs as a stand-up bass player on shows. Oh my! I'm working with my dog, and I've been the roller skating music rock and roll pirate on Venice Beach. I've done a lot of stuff like that. That's a really scary image you just gave me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that is frightening. Well, not as frightening as know. some of the things you've done, Charles. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. Now, what about what about for you, James? We don't want you feeling left out there. I'm not feeling left out. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it about? What is the drive of music? How did you become involved in music that led you to uh, L.A. River and this well, collaboration you guys have going? Yeah. Um, 
well, just in general, how I got involved in music was through my brother um, when he started playing. And I don't know, I, I think most musicians would say the same thing. It's, it's a bug you get bitten with. And uh, it's not something you choose, but something that kind of chooses you, you know. And uh, it's almost a curse sometimes. <laughs> that's exactly what I just but, said, James. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's just something that's in my blood and, and, and something that I consider myself, um, regardless of what else I may be doing at any particular time, I'm always doing it as a musician. Um, and then L.A. River has been really fantastic because it's such a creative project. Um, the writing in it is just unbelievable. I'm a real fan of, of, of the material and... Uh, and just the type of stuff that we've been doing has really been. Uh, um, there's no, there's no boundaries. You know, we're not. We. It's very hard to to, to categorize what genre we're in. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying it from that standpoint. Well, you know, I was telling the boys earlier that listening to your music, it very much reminds me of um, Chris Mulkey, who is also an actor, and Chris has a band, and he plays locally around town. Um, but also, Kevin Costner and Modern West, you're all right in that same, that same vibe. And I, just think, and I just think it's fabulous. I think it's a terrific, a terrific uh, genre blend that you have. Yeah, we were having a conversation once about Americana music and how it really encompasses everything. Americana touches on, on any kind of music you can think of. And uh, and this project uh, with these guys, uh, you know, Kevin, Mark, and Nick, predominantly the the writers, um, see influences of all kinds of music in in what they write. And uh, I agree with James. It's just it's unbounded. It really is very cool. And Chaz makes a good point. Um people do ask us, well, what kind of music do you play? And it's always, there's always a pregnant pause. And mm. what, initially we want to say Americana because Americana, there's this notion that Americana is any country music that's not being played on country radio. And that's not Americana. Americana is an amalgam of all American music forms. We're talking, mm. I mean, even back as far as Stephen Foster, you can throw in the old field hollers. You can throw in jazz, blues, rock and roll, punk rock. Gospel. Gospel. Mm. Gospel. Anything that has a base in American music is Americana. And so this narrow definition that everybody thinks about, if I say that we're an Americana band, oh, you play country. No, that's not true. We play surf music. We play country. We play rock and roll. We play blues. We play American music. And I can so see all of you, especially Mr. Roller Skating on Venice, on Venice here. I can see all of you on a surfboard playing. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. I could see this. You're, I see, you're smiling over here. You well, know. and I wear my, my hippie dress, you know, rain, rainbow you don't shirt want to today. Too. On a surfboard. So. Yeah. And I, I'd snap like a twig. You kidding? Oh please! Oh please! So now, how did you guys all come together to form LA River? Um, our one absentee member is our bass player Kevin, and I had been in Burbank for about for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, moved out from Nashville, and was just looking for somebody, a kindred spirit that that we could write songs and just somebody I could harmonize with. And I had three people respond to my ad and one of them was Kevin. And when we got together, it was, it was like a brother from another mother. It was like we were twins separated at birth. Our songs were so similar in style and so similar in content and we harmonized so well together. We were, we were another Phil and Don Everly. Mm-hmm. And we went with that for about six months, just got our – Kevin brought me a CD of, of his songs, nothing, just him and an acoustic guitar. And I brought him a CD of my songs, which were a little bit more fleshed out. And we just continued working. We got Chaz to come play drums with us. Uh, we found Nick to come and be uh, what we call a utility guy. And <laughs> That was a friend uh, of a friend of a friend via Facebook. 
we're looking for a mandolin player. I was like, well, it's not my main instrument, but I'll come play. What was really cool for me was in every other group I've been in, I'm one of the main singers, main writers, main organizers, and there's a lot of way here. It was like, well, what do you guys want to hear? They're like, play whatever you want. We just want you to add some flavor to the group. So being able to play whatever I want pretty much on the fiddle and the mandolin um, is just very freeing. Um, It's cool. Now, how many fiddle and mandolin players are out there? (laughs) Uh, Lots of them, but not a lot of them playing rock and blues. I played nothing but bluegrass from about 1986 to 96. Wow. And uh, now that was all guitar and stand-up bass, but I learned to love the fiddle. So I have a lot of background in bluegrass. That said, if you ask me to play something bluegrassy on the fiddle, I have about one tune. And everything else is playing the way I sing and the way I harmonize. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, Adam, how did you come into the group? Well, I, I was looking. I had been through a, a few groups before I met these guys, and I was kind of out there looking for for the right the right fit. And I always, interestingly enough, we haven't discussed this, but I always have this image of the LA River using that in some way in the band format. When I saw these guys pop up, and it said this band is called LA River, and we play music, you know, kind of in of and about you know the LA River area, I thought that that would be a perfect fit. And uh, they mentioned some sort of southern uh, influence, and I said, well. Southern rock is is uh, really a, 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 an influence and a focal point for me. Well, and uh, Black Crows and uh, Skinner and all that, and we reached out. And from the first day, from the first rehearsal, it really just seemed to feel right. Now you know you mentioned Black Crows and, and Leonard Skinner. For all of you, I'm curious. Who would you define? Yes, we know Barry Manilow is a musical influence over here, so I, I'm happy. Um, who are some of your musical influences that have inspired you, not only your love of music over the years, but also in the songs that you write and perform? You know, I've, I literally grew up listening to nothing but Merle Haggard and George Jones and discovered Van Halen when I was 13 years old. So my writing is influenced by so many different people so many different genres but i find myself obsessing sometimes like right now i'm really into the late 60s sunset strip bands the mm-hmm. flying burrito brothers and graham parsons and and digging into the, all all of that material and um if I had to say any any one or two artists that influenced me the most, it has to be the Eagles, who were one of the products of that late 60s Sunset Strip, mm-hmm. uh, all that activity going on with Buffalo Springfield and Flying Burrito Brothers and Crosby, Stills & Nash and Poco, all those bands. It was so incestuous and... Um, the Eagles were the one band that we heard on country radio in Mobile, Alabama, that just that I was able to pick up on, and I was saying, "Hey, that's rock and roll." I'm listening to rock and roll. But between the Eagles and Steve Earle, mm-hmm. um, I can't say Bob Dylan because <laughs> I'm not a, a Bob Dylan fan. But even Bob Dylan, because of his influence. On on the great songwriters. I was going to say, from a songwriting perspective, I think Dylan has probably influenced almost everybody out there. At, at least at least ninety percent. <laughs> but um, I know Adam. He gets a lot when when he came in. He he brings all this Grateful Dead and and Fish and and Widespread Panic and all these bands that I tried my hardest not to listen to <laughs> because it wasn't hip. But um, but he's even gotten me more uh, listening to the Grateful Dead and and some of the uh, other '60s uh, San Francisco bands and some of the jam bands and really understanding where they're coming from and their their songwriting. Mm-hmm. And so it is really hard just to say because sometimes I may write a song and it may be influenced by the Buzzcocks mm-hmm. or or uh, the Ramones or, or whoever. And then I'll turn around and I'll write a song that sounds just like uh, Marty Robbins mm-hmm. or somebody like that. So we're all over the place as far as 
as uh, it, it's really hard to pigeonhole who our influences mm-hmm. are because they're everybody. Now, what about for you two, uh, Charles? What about for you and for you, James? Who's who have been your biggest m- musical influences over the years? Go ahead, James. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I think early on it was it was uh, it, it was the rock and roll of the late seventies and early eighties, and especially like the Stones and Aerosmith and and. Um, um, Led Zeppelin and bands like that, and, and then from there I went backwards and discovered, you know, their roots. And um, my biggest all-time influence is by far Jimi Hendrix um, and the Beatles. And uh, and then I went back in, in, into the early blues and got into Muddy Waters and Buddy Guy and uh, uh, a lot of the a lot of a lot from that ilk. And just generally, a lot of different rock and roll. I mean, I'm kind of a sponge and absorb a lot of different influences. But I'd say that's where I'm coming from the most. I like stuff that's really rhythmic, really soulful, and, and uh, that's where where I live most of the time. Yeah, and what about for you, Charles? Well, <clears throat> I'm a child of, of the '60s, um, so I grew up with the British Invasion, and uh, so. Any 60s music, uh, and then, of course, the Eagles. But, you know, the, the beauty about, about this band is that, um, we play original music, obviously, but we, we have been doing more and more cover tunes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the nice thing about it is someone will suggest something from, uh, a band that they know of, and we'll all jump in. And, no one ever says no. It's really nice. It's um, uh, it's very comfortable, and we're all comfortable with each other. Well, I can see that because, you know, you can't see these guys right now, but you'll see it on the video of the show later this week. But here they are. They're just slouched all in the chairs, sliding down on the floor, you know, just <laughs> shoes kicked off. You know, and I, well, I, that's, that's the drugs. That, that's it. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, I just want to point out for James's benefit that what do I have up on my set dressing today, but none other than the DVD, Jimi Hendrix, Always By My Side mm-hmm. by John nice. Ridley. That's the stuff. So merely a coincidence, but, <laughs> but in my life, nothing is a coincidence. Fate just sticks its little finger in there, sometimes good and sometimes bad. Today is good. So, now, when you guys, how do you go about, I'm very curious because every songwriter, every composer, everybody has their own methodology as to how they write songs. So, wh- how, what is the process for all of you? Is it a collaborative effort for the songwriting? Is it a Bernie Topin, Elton John, you know, or Manilow Sussman, you know, where one does the music, one does the words? Or does everybody just sit there and, you know, drink Drink shots, shots of Jack, and you know <laughs> you're not too far away. Um, you know, it, it it really varies. People always ask, "What comes first, the music or the lyrics?" And the answer is yes. Um, I'll get an idea, and the last song that the last song that we put together, uh, original that we put together, I had an idea. And it was basically about somebody on the Sunset Strip who'd had too much to drink and fell asleep in their car. And then they had to go home to their wife. <laughs> and so it was the first real song about happenings in California that I had written. And it took forever for those words to come on. I would throw, throw some lyrics out there, and Nick would come back with a line. And uh, maybe Chaz would come back with a line. But when it came to the music, it was me bringing just a regular, just an acoustic guitar part, and then everybody just filled in the blanks. And uh, when Kevin, when if he comes up with a song, it's the same way. Nick brought one of his songs, I High Five Myself, to us. And he already had the basic structure. It was already arranged. And we just took it and we just filled in the holes. And we lyrically... We haven't had a whole lot that we've all collaborated on mm-hmm. musically. 
is where our collaboration has really come in. Everybody mm-hmm. adds their part. Like Nick said earlier, nobody tells Nick what to play. We might suggest, hey, Nick, why don't you cut loose on a solo? Or maybe maybe violin would sound better on this song. But nobody tells each other what to play. I've never told Adam, hey, man, why don't you play this instead of that? Because That's really part of the freedom, I think, in the band, where we really feel like our wings can stretch out. And that everybody's good enough that that works. When yeah. somebody... Th- throws out a song and i'm like i'm i'm thinking oh marcus and kevin aren't gonna lie and then the, everybody piles in and nails it first time in our rehearsal I'm like wow <laughs> and look we 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 listen to the radio sometimes sometimes so we know there are no bad songs there are bad songs but <laughs> to us there are no bad songs because we hear what's out there and we think that our stuff stands up to to anything out there well, as I've said before, I mean, I, I really love your stuff, and there are a lot of bad songs, just like there are a lot of bad movies. There is bad everywhere, <laughs> you know, make no mistake about it. But um, I'm curious, I like this idea of the freedom with everybody jumping in. Now, is that the same for, for the two of you, Charles and James? You guys just jump in, you know, during rehearsals, during, you know, during recording sessions? Yeah, it is. Well, it is for me. Um, I'll just, uh, you know, if I if it's a tune that we that we already know, um, that's that's easier. Uh, but you know what? There's a there's a certain ease that we have with each other that um, even on our original music, uh, it's easy to just uh, create a create a, a part for it, mm-hmm. or I think for each of us. And, um, yeah, that's the collaboration. That's the, the beauty of, of this band. Uh, I just find that fascinating. Well, just, just so there's no, no misunderstanding, we, we do – I consider myself an arranger. Mm-hmm. When Kevin for, and I first got together and he brought me his CD, again, it was just acoustic guitar and his vocals. Nothing was fleshed out, just very, very simple little recordings. And we took those songs – and we fleshed them out to full solos, bridges, intros, everything. And um, we arranged them. So there's a certain amount of arranging that we do. Hmm. But other than just piecing out the parts, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, nobody tells anybody else what to play. Hmm. Nobody. We've, we've, we have yet, yet to have anybody say, hey, you should play that. That would sound really good here. <laughs> Because it already sounds – when you get six people and you put six people together uh-huh. and they're all playing something different, magic happens. And as Marcus alluded to, you know, a lot of my uh, upbringing in music, especially the live music, was in the, uh, you know, the jam band kind of, kind of phase. And there you – I mean, especially back in the day, you watch uh, you know, a large band, you know, just the iconic you know, Grateful Dead kind of um, uh, experience. It's just such magic when everybody's going and everyone's – doing their own thing it's like everyone's different but everyone's the same and mm. it's really like a palette to me so that's kind of where the freedom comes from my end it's just a step away from freeform jazz <laughs> hey, that works that works so now you guys have an album i i see brian making making faces what do what, what are we doing here brian's making faces i'm saying let's go to a song Brian wants to hear more music. I do. Oh, let's oh. Let, let's hook Brian up. Okay. We'll let we'll we'll let Brian play a song.
plain to see. And another musical interlude courtesy of L.A. River, L.A. River Music. And which, which tune was that, boys? That was called Down That Road. That was written by our bass player, Kevin. And I think that's a lovely song. I love that Those song. Those guys are good. Yeah, these guys are all pretty good. You know, I think the drums were a little slacking in there, though. Well, yeah. That goes without saying. Where's Oliver again? <laughs> yes, we've already decided, you know, you got to watch your P's and Q's, Charles, because, you know, Oliver is coming up here. I know, I know. You know for- I've, I've encouraged it, too. Whenever I hear that he's playing the drums, I encourage uh, it. I'm sure Julie loves you for that. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Charles and I have known each other for a number of years. Yeah. A number of years. So I like abusing Charles because I love him dearly. Uh, we like to abuse Aww. him, too. I love Charles dearly. I'm <laughs> even Thank you. One of my love favorite gifts for a baby's, for a friend's child's first birthday is a drum. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, he loves. So my kid Oliver, he loves his drums. <laughs> he he has a drum sit right in the middle of our living room, and uh, he knows he doesn't play it at nighttime. So he's smart about it for now. But he gets his time in on the weekends. Believe me, and I enjoy it too. Yeah. For now, you can <laughs> keep him from playing it at night. Yeah. yeah. Just give it another two yeah. years. Now that he's in school with those misbehaved children. Yeah. <laughs> but now you can get him electronic drums and headsets. Oh, so as, as long as as long as you make that sure Good that the point. headsets don't get so loud that it'll blow his ears out, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. point. It's easier for me to monitor the volume when there's not an yep. electronic component. Yep. <laughs> oh my God, we're corrupting the youth of America. What can I say? So now, guys, you've been in the recording studio for how long now? Putting together this album. That's about to come out this summer, finally. Oh, boy. A year and a half. Well, yeah, it's been about a year and a half, almost two years. It's it's totally self-funded. We haven't asked anybody for a penny. Um, It's all come out of money that we've made performing. And, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. You actually get paid to perform? You know, <laughs> interestingly enough, <Whoa. laughs> we, we don't, we don't, do a lot of club gigs and such, but um, we have learned how to get some tie-ins with some uh, some corporations that have parties for their mm-hmm. their employees and such, and um, that has wound up being profitable. Well, that's um, like last yesterday. You just did the motion picture television fund. That yes. was the most amazing experience I have so to. So while tell I was you. watching all the people you were performing, I was watching them on on big screen right. while you were performing for all these retirees. I have to tell you, um, while we were performing, and anyone who doesn't know the motion picture television fund, they um, they help retired. Retired individuals, I guess not non-retired individuals too, yeah. but the place that we played was, without mincing words, it, it was a nursing home yeah. for for uh, folks who were in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have been actors or actresses. They may have been engineers or, yeah. or music directors. It's, if you were in the industry, they are there to help you, and right. it's it's a wonderful – so, Charles, you see, you have to keep acting, so there is some place for you to go. <laughs> you know, I already we have don't have to take care of you. You've got a reservation. Okay. But I yeah. met a... You know, they have, they have uh, assisted living and non-assisted living, and yeah. the grounds, I mean, the campus there is just absolutely Beautiful. stunning. The Roddy McDowell um, Gardens are gorgeous. Yeah. Stunning. Yes. And I met a lady. Um, she had just turned 100 years old. Her name was Lynn Dorfman. Um the only thing that I've been able to find out about her is she wrote a poem called The New Kids on the Block that was made into a, uh, a short film. And her, she was taking a nap, and her daughter heard the music coming from the grounds. And, oh, Mom, Mom, wake up, wake up. They're playing music. And she made it over in time for our last three songs. Aww. And just those three songs, she had so much fun. Her eyes lit up. I sat and talked to her for about 15 minutes, gave her one of our CDs. It's just it's so rewarding, um, so much more rewarding to see these people out there singing along with with songs they didn't even know. But they're singing along and they're clapping and they're enjoying it. 
that's so much more rewarding than going and, and playing at a bar or, mm-hmm. or just being background noise for, for someone. It's, uh, it, it really made, really made an impression on me and I'm so glad we got to do that. Well, I'm very you know, honored. and that's something that I've noticed over the, over the past seven years of doing the TCM film festival is it so many of these, these senior actors, you know, Mickey Rooney was a staple on the carpet. I did one of the last interviews with Ann Rutherford a few years ago before she passed away. Wow. And they are just so moved when there's the littlest bit of attention so they get just one more moment in the sun or when L.A. River comes and plays and somebody is doing something for them. And it is, and I'm just so thrilled that you guys went out there and you, and you did that oh, yesterday. We were so proud. It's a special place. We had a really uh, real magical time. Yeah. Really yeah, Mark, you spoke with a, a guy whose uh, dad played with uh, Henry Mancini, yeah? Yeah, Henry Mancini and Hal Bland. Um, his father was a music director, and uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, when Adam came to us with uh, playing this that, that show, I was like, oh, boy. Music directors, people who can get placements, and then we go out there and we saw what it really was, and it didn't it didn't phase didn't phase us one bit. Meeting those people and hearing their stories and uh, seeing the smiles on their faces it's just well, I've, I've I can't say enough about it. I was really honored to to perform for those folks. Oh, I mean, and I am sure that they loved every just based on my experiences with all of them on my end. You know, I know how much they love stuff like that. So, but now back to back to this record. We digress there for a moment. <laughs> we do that, <laughs> but going, I always digress. But going back to being in the recording studio, putting this album together. What is this? Because you all have your hands in so many things. You know, this isn't a full time job for you. We all have careers yeah. yet. You know, yet. <laughs> yet. So help you know, us. Yes. <laughs> You know, without going Indiegogo or Kickstarter or something like that, yes. Um, yeah, we, it's, uh, I don't, uh, we, we, we don't – it's not our thing to ask people for money. So many people are suffering that, that you know, they ask for money for, for reasonable things. It's, it's not reasonable to ask somebody to fund your CD. And in my opinion, I, my other five band members may think otherwise. But the project really, again, it's it, – it took two days for all of us and try to get six people in one room together at one time. It's, it's very difficult. But we spent two days just laying down uh, 15 songs, just the basic tracks. And then from there, we just pulled everybody in as we needed. Uh, Nick and Chaz came out for background vocals. Adam went in and we got a really cool Hammond organ for him to do his keyboard parts and just sounds real good. Um, and then I've done a lot of the mixing. James has come in and uh, helped me out with the mixing because his ears are better. And it's it's been a long, arduous process, but we're almost there. We have all the songs laid out that uh, we're going to go with. We know it's finished. We just have to go back in, do the final Final tweaking mm-hmm. and mastering, and then start the packaging process. So, what, what do we have for a ballpark time frame here? Boy, I, you know, I, I'm going to be conservative and say that we're going to have packaged, ready to go out CDs by September. Wow, that'll be nice. But you know, now I hope there's a liner note on there somewhere for James. His ears were better. <laughs> I tell you what, Jay, I, I give James so much credit as it is. Jay, James is is just so happy to have James in this band. He's such a phenomenal guitar player. So wow. you know, do you like being in this band, James? Are, are you here just for the accolades like this? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard my name. There's so much static on the line. I could barely. Oh, hear it. I was asking. Are I'll you... take all the good things you have to say. <laughs> well, no, I was asking, do you like being in this band, or are you just in it just so they can say nice things about you? Uh, <laughs> they never say nice things about me. <laughs> well, they just did. Okay. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Well, I know we have... Brian has already picked out another song he wants to hear that you guys have done. 
You've already got him as a fan. Well, we love Brian. Brian, you got free tickets for the rest of your life. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I have a recording of it. Hey, we, we do want to tell everybody before he plays that song, though, you can find us at LARiverMusic.com, Facebook.com slash LARiverMusic, Twitter slash LARiverMusic, YouTube slash LARiverMusic. If it has an Internet address, put LARiverMusic at the end of it, and you're going to find us. So are you on Instagram as well? Instagram. We're on Instagram as well. We don't have a Pinterest page. No Pinterest. YouTube? <laughs> We're on YouTube. We have a couple of videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Uh, Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation, right. which is more of a musicians-based uh, um, website. But, yeah, YouTube, Facebook. The only thing we're not on, I think, is MySpace. Is that still around? I don't it's know. It's still around. <laughs> and why do you know that? I've got friends. I've got some obscure musician friends who haven't been on your show yet. Who still have MySpace pages and still work them. In a previous life, he was a 13-year-old girl. Well, you know, there were a lot of 13-year-old boys on MySpace, too. So, But, yeah, MySpace was more girly, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was more about your backgrounds and your pictures and your... Oh, please, I don't have time for that. I have enough trouble putting this set together every week (laughs) because I change it every week. So, you know, we like to to switch things up, like Uh. you switch up your music. But all right, let's, we'll make Brian, his hand is sitting there just waiting. waiting. Hit the button, hit the button. Because he hasn't gotten to do his Star Wars thing this weekend, so. I high five myself when I wake up next to you. Pat me on my back when you say you love me.
another one, and distinctly different from the other two songs. Well, that was actually a sing-along, too. And they, the old folks did a good job singing along yesterday. They did. They sure fun. did. What kind of words did they make up? <laughs> can't, can't say them on the radio. That kind. That kind. Well, we all know how salty some of those old folks salty, can be. Salty. Salty. Salty and sad. You know, I know the, I know old people, so I know those words. You That's know? right. <laughs> so now, what? It, how do you guys go about? Do you have any any appearances coming up in the future? You know, how often do you get together and play? You know, we 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 get together and play every week. Um, getting together and, and playing a show again. We're not. We're we're chasing a little bit going out and playing at clubs, but we're having so much fun doing special events, mm-hmm. uh, parties for for groups such as the MPTF, and um, we did a series of shows with Ticketmaster last year, and uh, did Oktoberfest. Uh, what was that? We did the Oktoberfest. Rock and Riley's Montrose. 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 Oh, Montrose. Montrose. Yeah. Montrose yeah. Oktoberfest yeah. means beer, so I'm surprised you guys remember it. Oh well, unfortunately, we were the first band to play, and the beers weren't set up yet. So. Oh wow! Well. <laughs> yeah. And we've played up on the Sunset Strip. Uh, right. We've played a, a St. Patrick's Day party behind the whiskey, and we played uh, a club was. called Pearl's Rooftop. Yeah. For a while, we were um, playing Pearls. We were getting paid. And getting fed several months in a row until right. they had issues with their entertainment license. We but got the, shut down. That's pretty rare. That's because wow. we were the loudest band. We were the, too loud for the Sunset Strip. Yeah. How is anybody they too lost, loud? They lost their license okay. over that. I, I, feel, I re- would really like an explanation for this. Can any of the five of you explain that to me? No. No. Too loud for the Sunset Strip. It, it, it was very funny. I've never, I've never played. I've played in lots of rock and roll and punk rock bands, but I've never played in a band of this style where we've been told to turn down three times and then uh, uh, have a shut off completely because the neighbors were complaining about the uh, the oh. volume. We were upstairs, yeah, they, uh, outside, open outdoors, air. Yeah, open, open air, over the strip. Yeah. and so it really and bled next the, to the whiskey. And there are a few curmudgeons out. that live up above them that always hassle them, even when they have their comedians or burlesque right. shows or whatever. And uh, so when they came down to complain about the noise, they found out that that separate from their liquor license, they're supposed to have a separate entertainment license that they didn't know about and didn't have. So not just we got shut down, all of their entertainment at Pearl's got shut down. At least I don't I don't like that story. We got Bad shut news. down because we were the loudest band in we the Sunset Strip. Loud. We I were, like yeah. that story. We caused it. We were the catalyst. We were kicking it. It was a direct, direct flashback to the 1967 Sunset Strip riots. Homeless that's people right. were leaving the area because yeah. we were so loud. They couldn't oh hear themselves think. Oh, my God. That's why you guys have not been invited to play for that Sunset Strip weekend, right? Yeah. Right. That's, you, that's why we're relegated now to playing with ourselves. Yeah. By ourselves. Oh. <laughs> what I mean. who, who invited the drummer? Yeah. Oh my god! But, but bottom, bottom line, though, we we, we can play. So we could play clubs all night long. We could sit on a stage and just have people holler out songs, and and we would play them or or play at them. But we really, I think we get our kicks more for playing these private parties because those are the people who are listening. Those are the people who are engaged. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a lot more fun to play for, for people who are, who are actually paying attention to you. Yes, but let's reiterate what Adam said. But they are open to anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So anybody Absolutely. out there with clubs and booking. Yeah. House parties. Festivals. House Festivals. parties. We'll play Festivals. in your living room. Marcus, what no. day is it today? Today is, I don't even know, May Monday. May 2nd. National. Today is National. Concert Day, you said. I thought said. that was tomorrow. I thought you said earlier today, today is National Concert Day. It's National Concert Week somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, and of course, <laughs> so that Brian doesn't kill me, I, mu- I know he's Googling this right now. I know he's Googling it <laughs> because this is what he does. And we got our concert in on Sunday, so we wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the week. Well, that makes right. that makes sense. Yeah. So you can plan your next yeah. concert. We get things done. Today is yeah. National Truffle Day. <laughs> it is not National Concert Day. It is National Life Insurance Day and National. Oh, I can help you with that. I think Adam's Nick can actually that. help you with that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't say anything about <laughs> no. But now, what is Thursday, Brian? Thursday is uh, 
one of my favorite days of the year. Saint May fourth. Go, go ahead. It's May the fourth be with you, everybody. That's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah. And then the day after, Thursday Cinco de Mayo. Oh, Thursday Cinco de Mayo. Wednesday. Okay. Well, Thursday would be Revenge of the Fifth. That's true. Oh my goodness gracious! But we have, as of today, five hundred and ninety-one days, twelve hours, and four minutes to go until Star Wars Episode Eight comes out. But fear not. Two hundred and twenty-seven days from now, we have Rogue One coming out. At the so, end of the year. so now we need to write a nerd yeah. song for Brian. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, a punk nerd song for me, please. That's a, my preference. It's I'm, on the agenda. And, and trust me, it, it would get played on this show every single week. That, <laughs> the station will play nothing else but that song. Oh. Well, until I, they shut me down. I, until the Sunset Strip comes and shuts me down. We're getting to work. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> and you don't find out until the fifth verse that it's about the Star Wars coming out. See? That's what you, that's, that, see, that would be a perfect song. That would real. You've actually given them a really good idea, Brian. I'll write that by Saturday. Brian's got a co-write coming. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean this is this is you know, you know. So we've got. I mean, it's a big week here, National. Yeah. Concert. Emailing me your information at nick at bsrstudios dot com so I can give you a, a credit. Or I'll just like you guys on Facebook. That's on LA even River. better. We could use all the likes we can get. L.A. River Music. That's right. Not L.A. River Band. It is L.A. River Music. That's right. So we don't want anybody to get confused. So now, Brian, do we have time for the one clip where I get booed? Yeah, let's play it. We'll see how far we get into it. Okay, we have a very entertaining clip with Captain America Civil War coming out on Friday. We did the press junket a few weeks ago, and yes, I was booed, and you will now hear why. (laughs) First of all, I want to tell you guys, for my money, better than The Force Awakens. Thank you, Paul. And I say it because of the storytelling here is superb. But beyond the storytelling, Joe, you and Anthony have done a terrific job of melding the action in with the story. It is a very component, cohesive, synergistic part. How difficult was it choreographing all of the action sequences, especially a lot of the... There's more close quarter in this one, I think, especially between... You, Sebastian, and you, Chris, in the hallway sequences. I know, it's not about you, I get it. (laughs) But how difficult and challenging was it, and your considerations, in the meld of the action of bringing it to life? Uh, You know, I don't want to repeat what my brother said on the the prior panel, but, you know, action is, is very important to us. These movies are about action. The characters express themselves through action. Uh, action has to have storytelling to it for us, so it's vacuous and, and superficial. Hello. You know, you can, you'll get tired of an action sequence if it's not either defining the character or moving the story forward in some way. Uh, it takes an incredible amount of effort and thank God we have such an incredible team of collaborators, including Kevin and Marcus McFeely and Nate Moore, who, uh, who, who works in Marvel as well, who, who, can, who, who can work with us and keep us honest in terms of the storytelling. Uh, and this cast, uh, who are also the caretakers of the characters in a way that we never could be. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it's, it's by far and away the hardest thing to do on a film. The easiest thing to do on a film is when you have a... And that's just a little snippet, but y'all got to hear me get booed by my fellow yeah, yeah. press corps. I heard right. I would have been so despondent. I would have just hidden my head in shame and walked out. Never. I mean, once you see the film, once you guys see the, if you go see Captain America Civil War, you'll understand exactly why I said it. It is so far superior. But now, before we, we have 30 seconds left. So I just want all, I want to do a goodbye Mouseketeer roll call with all of you. You boys on the phone. Yes. Yes. Once again. Well, I hate you know what? I just want to say, um, being the oldest member of this band, uh, I love these guys. They're like the kid brothers I never had. And uh, I'm just so thankful to be a part of this project. And James? Yes, ditto. And uh, thank you for having us. That was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. My pleasure. And for you boys here in the studio. Yeah, I guess as the youngest member of the group uh, in my in my early to mid forties, <laughs> still being the youngest member of the group. Yeah, it's been a great journey. Thanks so much for having us here. Oh, my pleasure. So happy to be here. 
hey, music is powerful. Use it carefully and use it liberally. And last but not least... Um, we really enjoyed being here talking with you, with you today. We hope that we weren't too uh, uh, flighty. And uh, anybody wants to check out more of us, LARiverMusic.com. You can find our music there, Facebook.com slash LARiverMusic. Like us on Facebook. Come out and see us. We'd love to, love to play for you all. And all that information will all be stri- scrolling across the bottom of the video at the end of the week, guys. And you can hear a rebroadcast of this show later today and on iTunes tomorrow. So until next week, Behind the Lens. Mm-hmm.